Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, happy Mother's Day. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. I want to read a few more funny things to you. Well, let me read this first. Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 2. says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and that you may, what, live long on the earth. Do you know that never ends? Amen. And so for Mother's Day today, I want to encourage you to do what? To honor your father or honor your mother. Amen. Take time to honor your mother today. How many have a plan to honor your mother? All right. Don't make her cook for you. The w- <laughs> we have a great plan for ours. I was informed yesterday. We're getting pizza and playing cards. Is that what it is? I'm like, yeah, that's great. Pizza and cards is good for me. It's good for them. They don't have to do anything, amen? But honor has to do with uh, substance. Did you know that? So when we think of honor, sometimes we think, oh, it means, uh, you know, I'm going to say great things about them, all of that. And that is a part of it. But the word honor actually is the word weight. And it actually has to do with money. Did you know that? Honor has to do with weightiness. It has to do with uh, something of substance. So honor actually has to do with uh, a financial thing. So not only should you bless your mother in the sense of saying, you're the best mother ever, you know, all of that good stuff, but you should also do what? Spend some money. Amen. Amen. And all the mothers said, thank you, trying to help you out here. (laughs) Put some some skin in the game. Amen. (laughs) Oh, praise the Lord. All right. So a few more funny things my mother taught me. I don't know if all of these are... uh, um, necessarily things my personal mother taught me, but uh, maybe. <laughs> my mother taught me stamina. You'll sit there until that spinach is gone. <laughs> my mother taught me about the weather. This room looks like it, it as if a tornado went through it. <laughs> My mother taught me about hypocrisy. (laughs) If I've told you once, I've told you a million times. Don't exaggerate. (laughs) My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world. (laughs) 
I don't think my mom ever said that to me. My dad definitely did. <laughs> my mother taught me behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. My mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait until we get home. My mother taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when you get home. My mother taught me medical science. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way. <laughs> My mother taught me ESP. Jeez. <laughs> Put your sweater on. Don't you think I know when you are cold? <laughs> oh, jeez. Some of these I'm not going to read. <laughs> My mother taught me how to become an adult. If you don't eat your vegetables, you'll never grow up. My mother taught me wisdom. Now, this one's true. When you get to be my age, you'll understand. <laughs> and my favorite, my mother taught me about justice. One day you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. <laughs> The truth of the matter is, is I have no Mother's Day message. I'm stalling for effect. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. I literally have no Mother's Day message. But I do have one of my favorite passages that I want to share from before we go. And it's a, it's a Mother's Day classic about David and Goliath. So if you go to 1 Samuel chapter 17... <laughs> And I'm going to put some faith in you. Amen. This is, now everybody can identify with David and Goliath concerning difficult situations. And uh, I wanted to, I was, you know, I thought about putting together a, a Mother's Day message. We had a busy week, but, and I was informed that I was doing Mother's Day, which I have not done for forever. <laughs> And uh, I was thinking about it, and I knew we would have, of course, child dedication and all of that stuff. But I wanted to uh, actually just share with you this morning and just encourage your faith a little bit more. Um, not necessarily going back to the series that we were in, but uh, just continue to encourage your faith. It's actually been a theme in my heart. You know, we have corporate prayer every Tuesday. Um, from 10 to 11, and we pray for the church. We pray for you. And uh, the Lord will bring up different things in my heart um, that just, I'll, I have them written in my prayer journal. And uh, there are things that I've been praying and sensing and, and things that I know uh, in the midst of just day-to-day -day life, we all deal with stuff, and that stuff can be difficult. Now, what I mean by that is, is it, it's not greater than who's in you. You know, even as, you know, and I'll tie this into Mother's Day just so you don't feel left out. <laughs> but even as a mother, 
you're going to face things that are going to be disappointing. You're going to face things that are going to seem like giants, right? So there's only one way to beat a giant. And how many realize this? It's not running from it. You know, uh, how many, I, I realized this when, when I was 19 years old, I gave my heart to the Lord. And prior to that, I was trying to run away from the Lord, which didn't work great. Um, turns out God is not afraid to be wherever you are, even if it's not where you're supposed to be. And uh, in the process of, of my relationship and giving my heart to the Lord and stuff like that, even though I knew I had a great change on the inside of me, not a lot changed on the outside. I still was dealing and living in the world that I was in prior. You know what I mean? And I learned something over time, and I especially learned this from what you might call the word of faith or what you might call the faith message. I learned that at some point in your individual life, at some point as somebody who's a believer in the Lord, at some point, uh, no matter your station in life, you're going to have to turn and face giants and not run from them. You're going to have to learn how to step up in faith in the face of what looks daunting and go, I'm taking you out by the power of the Lord. And so I just want to share a couple of thoughts with you this morning um, from 1 Samuel chapter 17. And this is, like I said, this is a very well-known Mother's Day passage that you are going to get something out of. Amen. It says this in 1 Samuel chapter 17, um, and just to give you a little background, the Philistines and, and uh, the Israelites were in battle. They were in battle array, and they were stationed opposite of each other, and uh, they were lining up for battle every day, and of course, we know Goliath came out every day and, and mocked God, the God of Israel, and mocked the children of Israel, right, and made uh, fun of their God and uh, said, look, you send out a soldier, I'll fight him. Whoever wins the battle, then we will become the other's slave. Does that make sense? And, uh, and so that happened every day. And what actually was happening was the children of Israel were going out, but then when Goliath would come out and he would say what he would say, they all got afraid. And what did they do? They turned tail, right? They tucked tail, turned, tucked their tail, and ran where? Back to their tents. They weren't facing that giant, right? And so we see in verse 20, it says, uh, we see uh, at the end of this story where Jesse says, hey, I want, to, I want to know what's going on with my boys in the battle. David was the youngest. He was back home with the sheep. And we see in verse 20 that David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him, his father. And he came to the camp as the, as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. So this is a group of people that know how to shout, right? The problem is their shout their bark is worse than their, their bite. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up battle array, uh, uh, array, army against army, and David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Goth, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words, so David heard them. 
And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, what did they do? They fled from him and were what? Dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen the man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. They understand the situation. They understand that he is defying Israel. And it's not just Israel in that sense, but it's really the people of God. And it shall be, they stated this, it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done to the man for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach for, uh, this reproach from Israel? For who is this, what? Philistine. In other words, the reason, one of the main reasons David had faith is because he understood his covenant with God. He understands that no matter the size of the enemy, if they don't have a covenant with God, the enemy is in trouble. He understands it, right? You know, sometimes I heard Jesse Duplantis say this years ago, and I thought there might be some truth to this. I'm not sure it was the main motivation. But David was a young teenager, and he was promised the, the daughter of the king. And that could have been part of his motivation. <laughs> Seems a little carnal to me, but it's possible that it was there. But what did David let out of his mouth? He said what? He said this uncircumcised Philistine. So it goes on to say this, verse 27. And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Elijah, or Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Is there, no, is there not a cause? You know what's interesting? How many have noticed this? When you decide to begin to face your giants, when you decide to begin to face the problems that are in your life, many times those that are in your camp will be, begin to accuse you of things that aren't true. So if you're going to win, if you're going to have success, if you're going to make it, if you're going to overcome, if the giant is going to fall and the head being, be removed from the giant, what are we going to have to do? For one, we're going to have to know who we're in covenant with. But for two, you're going to need to realize there are going to be those that are just against you no matter what you do. Now, it's disappointing because, you know, in this case, who is it? It's family. How many have noticed family can be a great encouragement? Sometimes though family can be what? They won't believe in you at all. But what is the fallback for David in the midst of this? Even if your family rejects you, you still have a covenant with God. Amen? Come on, he's a father to the... Yeah. He will see you through if you will stay with him. Right? Okay. All right, let's keep looking at this. 
uh, he, so he, he deals with David. David answers his brother as he should. Then he turned from him toward another. Sometimes you got to turn from some things. Amen. If you're going to slay a giant, how many know you don't need to be full of doubt and unbelief? So you, you and I both, if we're going to be strong in the Lord, we're going to have to turn off some voices that are speaking to us. In other words, is now the time for David to begin to engage with Eliab about why he's right and Eliab's wrong? No, that's not the time right now. What's the time right now? It's time for battle. We, do, we can talk about this later after I've killed that giant. But right now, we need to understand. We need to have faith. We need to understand where we are going and what we're about to accomplish. Now, when David... Now, when he had heard the words, where was I at? Verse 30. Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. In other words, when you speak faith, others will catch on to it. You know, Saul is being a sorry leader. What is he doing hiding? What is Saul not operating in? His covenant. Yes, faith, absolutely, but his covenant. What's he doing? He's, he's trying to buy off a victory. It's actually going to work, but it's also going to cost him his throne. All right. Then David said to Saul, because Saul sent for him, Verse 32, then David said to Saul, let, let no man's heart fail because of him. What were their hearts doing? They were failing because of the giant. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine. You know, even sometimes the leaders will tell you you can't do what God said you can do. But what are you going to do in that moment? What are you going to choose? Are you going to choose faith? Or are you going to choose covenant? Or are you going to choose the words of another person? For you are a youth. Oh, and then they'll tell you about your age. Come on, what's the other end of the spectrum? You're too old. Is too old or too young a factor in faith? It is not. You can overcome at any time. People say, well, I've had this problem for 20 years. Well, let's get rid of it in the 21st. Well, this giant has been around for 30 years. Well, it's about time for that Bubba to die. It's about time for all 10 feet of the dude to fall over. Amen. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. I love this. What's David doing? He's encouraging himself in the victories the Lord has given him. And when the lion or the bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it. What did he do? He waited and hid. He did what? He went out after. See, a person of faith won't wait for the enemy to come. he just go, look. When the enemy attacks, he doesn't sit back. She doesn't sit back. You don't just, you go out after them. Why? When you understand covenant, you understand who's with you. Amen? Amen. 
you'll go out after. He says, I went after uh, the lion or the bear and I, went, and I went out after it and I struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck it and killed it. How many here are grabbing lion's beards recently? Why would you do that unless you were confident in who your God is? Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. You know, sometimes we get into fights that are pointless that we shouldn't be in. Especially if the enemy knows that we are called to fight in a spiritual battle, he'll try to give us fake fights to deal with. He'll try to get us engrossed in fights in our families, in fights in, 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 in a church family, in fights at work. And those aren't the fights you're supposed to be engaged in. You're supposed to be engaged in a fight with those who have, and the enemy, Satan, an uncircumcised Philistine. Those who are contrary to the kingdom of God. And that is the demonic realm. That is that realm that is against everything that is inside of you in covenant. And that is your fight. Your fight is not with flesh and blood. Now, sometimes I wish we were still in flesh and blood fights, but that's just my flesh that wishes that. I'm in a different fight now. And what we see here is David understands in going to this fight. What does he understand? He understands that he has a covenant with God and the Philistine does not. So if I'm going to win my battles... If you're going to win your battles, what do you need? You need to understand your covenant. And understand this, that whatever comes against or rises up or sets itself to defy what God has said about you is your enemy. Anything, any thought, any way of thinking, any world system that has set itself up as a defying force against what God has said about you is an enemy of God and an enemy of you. Amen. Amen. And you can deal with it in the spirit. Verse 37 says this, Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go and the Lord be with you. Now I want you to see this. And I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but think about this. What did David recall? Victories that the Lord had given him. What are you recalling? What are you meditating on? Are you thinking about defeats? Or are you going back and rehearsing the victories that the Lord has given you? And as you do that, as you go back and, and, and walk through the, the, the memory of the time where the Lord healed and, and set you free, where the Lord saved you, where the Lord ministered life to you, where the Lord answered a prayer and protected you from a car accident, protected you from a financial catastrophe, pulled you out of situations where it felt like you were in alliance. And as you do that, what takes place? The covenant is what? It's stirred within you. Faith is stirred within you. Strength is stirred within you. And then the problem that you're looking at doesn't seem as big as it did before. 
See, the majority of the children of Israel, the men of Israel that were in battle at this, in this particular moment, they weren't thinking about victories from the past. They were thinking about how big, how big Goliath is. They were busy talking about uh, the, 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 the blessing that was offered by Saul in the midst of this wasn't enough even to distract them from the conversation that they were having amongst themselves about how big Goliath was. But you know a person of faith says what? The bigger they are? Yeah. And you are a person of faith. How many have had victories in your life? The Lord has given you victories. Come on, I, there are thousands of testimonies sitting here. But how easily we forget about the bear and the lion when Goliath shows up. We need to remember the victory over the bear, the victory over the lion, right? And in the midst of that, we can declare what? Victory over this Goliath. Amen? You say, what's the main purpose here? And I'm going to wrap up right now. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I just want to get that in there. <laughs> How many of you are going to celebrate your mom today? Yeah, amen. Like four people. Good. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> It's good. <laughs> no, I know you will. I know you have plans. I feel like in praying for our church, and I've felt this way, we've been praying on this for a while, that many of us are facing something, and it doesn't have to be, you know, sometimes people try to make it uh, what the world considers a big thing. It could be something as simple as uh, an insecurity or fear within you that you've allowed to sit there for years. And you know it's there. But instead of running at it, you run away from it. You go back into your tent. Some people actually, I want you to hear me on this, okay? Some people, what you're doing spiritually is you're trying to take care of in prayer which you can only take care of in the battlefield. You've got to engage your enemy. Amen? Now, again, I'm not talking about flesh and blood. I'm talking about you using your spiritual authority and engaging your enemy. You're using the name of Jesus. You're using the word of God. It's coming out of your mouth and you're facing things and running the enemy off rather than allowing him to stand there and talk. Sometimes people think, well, if I just pray enough, nope, sometimes you have to have action. It isn't always just prayer. You've got to walk up to Goliath and go, I'm going to kill you. Yes. Now, now, a lot of times Christians don't realize, but depending on the background that you have, uh, especially if it's a denominational, more denominational background, they don't realize that this is actually a biblical principle. You actually, it, it's a spiritual principle to walk up to the, to the situation that you're facing and going, I've won in Christ and you have lost and you have to leave. 
in the name of Jesus. I won't live and yield to, because see, we got to break barriers in our lives. I believe that, and I've seen this in prayer, that the Lord wants to do a whole lot more in your individual life than many of you realize, but you've gotten used to a certain pattern in your life and you're missing out on the path of light as far as the greater brightness that's available. Yes, you attend church. Yes, you're saved. Yes, you're going to heaven when you leave this life. But the Lord has so much more in the adventure for you on the path of righteousness that is described in Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 18. But many times we're allowing Goliath to stand in the way and go, who are you? What are you? I defy your God. And what we need to do is stand up in the righteousness that we have and begin to engage in the battle. Don't don't allow the enemy to have greater weight in your memory concerning your past faults rather than your past victories. Paul learned this principle. He said, forgetting those things which are, I press. If I don't press, if I just stand and look at Goliath, you know, do you think Goliath was a good looking dude? I'm going to go with ugly. <laughs> First of all, he's a genetic anomaly. He's a giant. He's the sons of Anak. He's a spiritual and natural deformation. A conglomeration of the enemy and the natural, the flesh and the spirit world. How many have ugly situations you're facing? And you just need to talk to ugly and tell him to go. <laughs> Come on, say this with me. I'm not going to live this way. I'm moving on. Now watch this. All right, last verses. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David. Oh, wait, I got to back up a little bit here. Uh... Okay, I love this. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore his shield went before him. So he's got such a big shield, he's got a separate dude to carry his shield. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. He was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. See, the Philistine was ugly, David was good looking. That means you're good looking. All right. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you have come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come up to me and I will give your birds to, I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. How many have had your, the enemy tell you stuff like that? Verse 45, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. <laughs> And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. 
Verse 48 says, so it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David did what? He hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He didn't what? Turn tail and run. Then David put his hand in his bag. I'm sure he's doing this. They need to make a cool movie out of this. In his bag and took out a stone probably while he was running. He's grabbing that stone. And, he's, and it says this. It says, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they did what? Resist the devil and he will. Mm -hmm. Now when the men of Israel and Judah arose uh, and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley to the gates of Ekron and they wounded the Philistines uh, and the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road of Sharam, even as far as Goth and Ekron. Then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines, and they, oh, they took their money. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. Now that is gruesome and awesome. <laughs> I think it's great. And it says this, David put his armor in his tent. David went, I killed him. That's all mine. And to prove we have a record, here's his head. What's my point this morning? Happy Mother's Day. I am not telling moms to do this to their kids. <laughs> moms and dads, both. I, you guys, those of you that are visiting, I'm sorry. I'm not traditional. <laughs> but let me say this. Joy, you can come. Let me say this. If in covenant with your Lord, you'll face those problems, those situations, those things that seem like they've drug on for years. You'll end up killing your enemy. You'll end up driving him out. Not only that, but you'll clear out the extra followers that were with him. You will break into levels of increase that you haven't broken into before. And you'll have another trophy in your faith case. Do you know what I mean by that? How many ever, you have a high school, you went to a junior high, whatever, and they have a trophy case, right? Well, in the trophy case of your faith life, you'll have another victory. You'll have something that you can point back to and go, when I'm in this, when I was, when you're in a difficult situation, you say, remember the time David often probably went back. Remember the time, remember the time we faced Goliath? And then before that, the Lord delivered us from the bear. And, and, and before that, he delivered us from the lion. Come on. Do you see this? Come on, even as moms. 
Sometimes moms get tired. How many moms get tired every once in a while, all right? But in the midst of that, you need to go, you know, the Lord delivered me from anxiety. He delivered me from depression. He delivered me from drug addiction. He delivered me from whatever it is. Those things that had a hold of me, I won. And I'm going to win in this situation too. Why? Because I have faith in my God. I have a covenant with him. And his things are my things. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.